Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. Hot time, summer in the city, back of my neck and sweaty and gray. Cool cat, looking for a kitty. Talking podcast, <laughs> wrestling in the city. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hallie Dangerously, Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Radvocate, Danielle Radford. Goddamn right I am. And Lindsay W, Lindsay Kelk. Ooh, hello. 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 Lindsay CFNW. I'm, I'm just going to start introducing myself as that. Sorry. I want to clear <laughs> the docket and clear the decks of Do this it. Sasha Banks stuff. Because I feel like, like the majority of the people talking about it have never uh, been on a been to a convention to sign things, and had a signing table. I have, I have a, I have at least some understanding of how it works, and I can tell you from that that these people have no idea how it works. So mm-hmm. if her ask is thirty thousand dollars to go take pictures and sign autographs, that's what we call a downside guarantee. Here is how that works. She is uh, contacted probably through her agent that she has for conventions. The convention says we will offer you $30,000 plus fly you out and put you up. And the expectation is if you make over $30,000 from signing and taking pictures, you will keep every single cent over $30,000. We recoup our $30,000 from you. If you make less than that, you keep it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the difference. So they, it, there is some risk on the convention side that doesn't exist for the talent. Now, the, the, you can ask for whatever guarantees you are. Are there guarantees that are six figures? Absolutely. Are there seven figures? There may be for the right people, like a William Shatner might get something like that or close to it because he goes and he turns over people and does a ton of volume. However, to come in and say $30,000, and if there are people who are asking for more, it doesn't mean that she's worth less. It's actually maybe a little better to have a guarantee where you go, look, if I made $30,000 for this weekend, that's fine with me. I'm going to make a lot more than that. The way you get invited to more conventions, number one, you draw people in, and number two, you make your guarantee. If you're consistently not hitting your guarantee, it's going to be a little bit harder for you to get into bigger conventions because they're not going to want to spend money on someone who's not going to bring money in. Is that going to be a problem for her? No. She is a huge wrestling star, and there are a lot of wrestling people who do very well at conventions. Also, uh, she is involved in Star Wars. Whether you think she has a huge role in that or not is inconsequential. She has Star Wars, and people know her from that. So there's two areas of fandom that she can draw from and make money from. She will do fine. It is not a measure of her worth one way or another, nor does it mean that she is as big a star as the biggest stars that make that amount of money. It's That's irrelevant. It is 100% irrelevant. This is pure economics. She's going to do fine. She will make more than $30,000, I guarantee, at almost any convention she goes to. And if she doesn't, it'll be because the convention had poor turnout. And I've heard of that, too, where conventions... They might be a newer convention. They put it together and they make these guarantees and they can't bring people in to make it. And they go, oh, this is on us. We didn't we didn't hit it. Or you get a situation like you did with the kid from from Stranger Things, the the hair, the metal. I can't remember the character's name. Joseph Quinn. Eddie Munson's. Jason, yeah. Joseph Quinn. Yes. I only Do- know Doja, Doja Cat's. Doja Cat. Uh, <laughs> Doja Cat's. <Yes. laughs> Joseph Quinn. So I don't know if anybody saw the That's video making the rounds on TikTok. <laughs> it's been other places as well of Joseph Quinn at at his Q&A, his fan Q&A, in this huge room, biggest ballroom that they have at the convention. And some fan says, listen, I heard that you were given a hard time by the convention. I want to let you know how much it means to me that you're here. And he starts to get emotional and tear up. I almost guarantee Aww. you what happened there is they he had a huge line of people and they put up a huge amount of money for his guarantee because Stranger Things is hot. He is the hottest character off of the hottest show right now. And so for him... Probably a newer convention experience for him. He wants all the fans to have meaningful interactions with him. Now, mm-hmm. you need to crank out a certain number of signatures per hour to get <laughs> to get the, the convention their money back. So they probably yelled at him about it. That's a terrible thing to do. Nobody wants that. That's a horrible way to have a business relationship. But that's that's what convention economics can be like. So I hope that clears it up maybe a little bit. 
This is a non-debate about a non-issue that <laughs> has nothing to do with her worth or value as a human being or performer or pop culture icon or whatever she went through with WWE has nothing to do with this. This may be establishing a baseline. I don't know how many of these she's done since Mandalorian started. I'm sure she's done one since before that, maybe with WWE. I don't know how that contract works when you're with WWE in terms of doing these appearances and what kind of split she has with them or if she has one at all. But right now, just imagine that she's establishing a baseline for her guarantee. And I almost guarantee it will go up if she makes a lot of money. Yeah, this whole, even it coming out, it just, doesn't it feel kind of weird and smeary? Like, it's gross. It's gross. Doesn't it because, feel weird and, to be like now debate how much this person thinks they're worth and and whether or not it changes your opinion of them? Yeah. Until someone tells me exactly how much money every single person at that convention is getting, this information is irrelevant anyway. If you want to make a judgment call, and like Hal says, it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. because, like you say, you can. It's often a good idea to accept a lower guarantee to get yourself at the convention, knowing that you're going to make more money in the end. Like, no one wants the person that says, I'm worth a bazillion dollars and then doesn't make it back. So good for Mm. you, Sasha. Get that money. Fuck Mm. everybody else. And yeah, it's got a good old strong whiff of uh, misogynoir about this one too. It's all in there, isn't it? It's like, oh, what what do we not like? All the things (laughs) this lady is. (laughs) Like, let's do that. I may not be 100% accurate here, but... I guarantee you I'm a hell of a lot closer than anybody else you've heard online talking about this because I've actually done it. So I have some sense of how it works. I don't have anybody's individual contract. Some people get appearance fees. Some don't. If you go to a place like Dragon Con, I don't think they give guarantees to anybody. with uh, if And if they do, it's very few exceptions. But people make a lot of money there. You go because there are a lot of people there and you know you're going to make a lot of money and they'll cover your flight and stuff. So every convention is a little different, but the idea of $30,000 as a guarantee is... For a weekend? For what those conventions make is nothing. It's not the biggest. She'll make more than that. She could probably, you know, if she's quick about it, which I'm guessing she is, if she does no photos at the table but does photo ops separately... Like, those are just two revenue streams, and the photo ops are those I have done, and they are they get people in real fast. It's crazy how quickly you go through an hour, like, how many people you can turn over in that time. It's crazy. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> Raw's going to TV 14. Yeah. What does that mean? If they can show one ball. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. one of the brass balls. Is it a close-up on a ball, or is it a long distance on a ball? Can they show the seam on the bag? You get three medium shots per month. You get one okay. close-up, but as many wide okay. shots as you want. Because you, oh, you okay. want people to uh, go, like, but if just to a dissect one. the footage like it's the Zaprudo film. Yeah. yeah. And it'll probably be okay. Vince's. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. One per wrestler. <laughs> oh. Everybody can have one ball out. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm in. Now I'm in. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. We're going to need that. You know what? That's really nice because that is good for the economy because someone's going to get to make a lot of new gear. That's right. To accommodate yeah, that's the right. ball. That's right. Um, so we love that because, you know, we, gear making is a cottage industry and we love this. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PG-14. Get it, Mikasi. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, Sasha- that couple's making money hand over yeah. ball. <laughs> hand over <laughs> ball. <laughs> I've spent time with 14-year-olds and they are foul. So I can only begin to imagine if you let a 14-year-old plan raw, it would just be, I mean, we would look, we would, our dicks and cats and butts would really just look like you. It would look like family friendly. A 14-year-old book raw. It would just be vomiting and pooping and murdering each other with guns. Because uh, they're, the, they're on the video games, you guys. That's what they do. Uh, yeah. The kids. Kurt, the kids Cody today. is uh, currently renewing his subscription to Dollar Shave Club as we speak. <laughs> Manscaped is the new sponsor of all of WWE. Oh my god, they would jump at that. But then Pete Davidson would have to have a match. He'll be at the Royal um. Rumble. He's going to be the new Bad Bunny. <laughs> they have they have take very that, similar take builds. That out your fucking in my mouth. Opinion. They both seem very wiry to me. Do not compare my favorite wrestler with Pete Davidson. Bad Bunny (laughs) seems very tiny, but not Rey Mysterio tiny. Not like a... No, he's the male (laughs) Sasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to get hurt. But now he he seems a little bit more wrestling. I'm very excited for... What is that called? Bullet Train? Gun Train? Gun Train. Bullet Train. Bullet Train. train. Bullet Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt. That looks great. Starring my favorite wrestler, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Bad Bunny, yes. 
your um, number one WWE Maybe they could person. sponsor an episode of TV14 WWE Raw yeah. and Brad Pitt could host. <laughs> oh, that'd be so he good. He could fight club it up. That would be... One ball. That would be not, not 14, would it? One ball Brad. That's what they call him. <laughs> oh, Braddy one ball. <laughs> OBB's coming. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I am down with OBB, by the way, if you're wondering. Oh, yeah. Well, I know you. <laughs> Are they just going to swear? Are they just going to, like, do a swear? I don't know. I, this feels like the easiest explanation is AEW is doing well, and they say shit 900 times an episode and bleed all over each other. So let's go back to that. We've Let's go back to things that were popular decades ago. But is it also just hype? Is it just a thing to say? Maybe. When it may well have absolutely zero implication yeah. whatsoever on the on the product. Just wait until they announce that Vince is coming out on the first episode and and our text thread goes wild with, he's going to say it, he's going to say it. And then he just shows up and he's like, <laughs> did you know it's the 35th anniversary of Hacksaw Jim Duggan's cameo? He's coming back. And then he leaves. <laughs> just wait. Oh, God. Maybe it's PG-14 because they're just going to beat the shit out of Vince. Maybe they're just going to bring Vince to the ring and everyone gets to take a shot. Like, just everyone gets to take one shot. Like airplane? And you get to choose. Yeah, you get to choose how you take it and what shot it would be. But everyone gets one go. And he just is going to stand there and take it. Because he would. Because he would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how gonna... he wants to die. That's yeah. how he wants to go out. <laughs> or we're going to bring back Kennel from Hell. And they're just like making sure to get ready just in case like all the dogs start fucking and pooping again. Yeah, that's, that's true. Possible. It's just for that. 14-year-olds who would love that. So that does sound right. <laughs> it's TV 14 because they use 14 dogs. And a lot of people know that that's where that rating came from. The number of dogs that they used. <laughs> so Judgment Day feels like it's floundering now without my favorite. There are always little typos in the script that I like to skip past them, but Rhea Ripple is maybe my favorite one. <laughs> Don't fix it. Don't fix it. I feels see your right. shoulders. I see those muscular shoulders moving to type a correction. I won't have it. Rhea Ripple. Rhea I like Ripple. it. But I, it, they really Sounds are. Delicious. They don't. Right now, it's just like Finn Balor and Damien Priest, which... Uh, they're fine gentlemen. I enjoy them as performers, but they need her. They yeah. need her. Oh, they need yeah, someone. They need her bad. What's so wild is it's baked in with Judgment Day that you can add to the team at any time. That's literally their whole shtick. Yeah. Um, and yet they're just like, nah, fuck them. Just throw them in something with the Mysterios. They'll be fine. And it's like, they won't be. They won't be fine. Well, you can't put Finn in pants for this. No. If you think about it, though, if you were Judgment Day and you could recruit any active superstar on the roster, why wouldn't you want Dominic Mysterio? (laughs) (laughs) I say that every day. I text Danielle at least five times a day Mm -hmm. and say, Danielle, why don't you want Dominic Mysterio? Like, you sold that kid a fucking game. Like, why don't you (laughs) want Dominic Mysterio? Just around, just hanging around, just running errands. What did you sell him? Game Boy Color? I believe it was a DS. DS, sure. Game Boy Color is way too early. See how old I, I mean, am? Every, every Would you week sell like I'm Game asking... Gear? <laughs> I love the Game oh, Gear. Game oh, Gear. 20 batteries, but man, it looked pretty. <laughs> Every week I'm asking Julian to get him on the podcast. I'm like, would you know what would make this podcast better? 75% minimum more Dominic Mysterio. Mm, we, true. we should get, it would be great if we got him on and it was just Danielle going so are you happy with the DS or you, would you like to trade it in for store credit because you can get 30 cents uh, do you want to join our program yeah, every you, time you trade in you'll actually get a guaranteed $10 yeah. would you like to join power rewards <laughs> you're old enough to have your own now and I feel like he's so polite he just would say yes right I feel like he's yeah. the kind of kid yeah. that if you asked him to do anything he would just say yes I bet someone could sell him some Rodan and Fields if they really put their mind to it, you know? Oh, totally. Like, I bet he fucking loves those essential oils that are always being hawked on Facebook because he just doesn't want to be rude. And that just seems like a level of niceness that Judgment Day might mm-hmm. enjoy. Just, you know, some service, someone to get the snacks. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure he doesn't put any of the oil in it like the ladies on Facebook do. They say yeah. it's edible. Don't it's believe not them. edible. It's not, not edible. edible. Don't do it. I'm going to throw a take out there. Will you tell me if it's a hot take? Sure will. Okay. I think that Liv Morgan should be turned heel as soon as possible. And here's why. I'll explain why. And then you tell me if this is a hot take. She is, uh, her promos are not very good. She's not comfortable on the mic yet. And generally, when people have a heel run, 
their way they they develop the mic skills that they can then take over to being a babyface and that is what she's missing and also the crowd's never going to be more behind her than they are right now what better time to turn her heel and make it sort of an ultimate betrayal michael this means everything to me absolutely everything to me i've dreamed about this my whole entire life and it got hard because sometimes I felt like maybe I'd never get here <laughs> but here I am <laughs> honestly if they wanted to get Liv to join Judgment Day I'd be fine with that yeah like, I was actually thinking of that honestly she looked good she'd look good in the outfits and she has the belt so mm-hmm. uh, I would be absolutely 100% fine with that I agree it's I do feel like Everyone loves her so much. We all love her so much. Obviously, like, she's massively, massively over. We're all mm-hmm. so pleased that she got her thing. But it does sort of feel like the pressure is maybe getting to her slightly when it comes to getting on the mic and doing that stuff. Maybe telling everyone to go fuck themselves is a route around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed Shinsuke and, and Gunther. I like that sort of developing storyline. Especially, I forget what his the the lieutenant's name is. When he gave him the chop at the at the end of the match for losing, that was really really fun. Like good character stuff, and it set up maybe later later on down the line. Eventually, that's gonna split up as well. But for now, it just makes Gunther look like he won't he won't tolerate failure. Yeah, I like it. Good little piece of character for him, and they're both good on the mic. I like that both of those guys are good on the mic. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. I um, I need I need I need I need Ronda to go now. Yeah, I just need her. That away. would be fine. I assumed she was gone. I assumed she was gone, and I'm not okay with any of this. Um, is it? I mean, no, because Rhea was. What you call her? Like Bianca, a, a, a so nat beater, but banana natter, natty natterier. And then said, "I'm going to beat the just, credit out of her." Just go away, you awful woman. Just go back to your ranch. Just take out your cornrows. Take out your terrible, terrible braids that someone who hates you. Take out your offensive hairdo and get the fuck out of here. Like, I just... Literally, her stylists no. hate her so much. Everyone hates her. Everything she does is wrong and offensive and upsetting and just make it stop. I tr- I tried. We all tried. Even like, you know, it's like being served a terrible meal when you're like, well, I, I have to eat. So I, <laughs> I will just like get on with it. But it's like, no, no more of this. I would rather like go and sit in my car and eat Tic Tacs. If she was amazing, I would get it, mm-hmm. you know? Because there yeah. are wrestlers that I fucking hate, but I know they're really, really good at their job. Who's one? So I get it. Who's one? Who's, I, I don't like to name names out all of them. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah. uh, Julian correctly predicting the name in the chat box, and it is our good friend. How many days since I fucked up, Randall? Okay, right. It's Fair like enough. I I get it, and even yeah, yeah. Riddle to an extent. Like fuck Riddle, mm-hmm. fuck that scumbag. But I objectively can see how he's good at his job and what he brings to the company. Right. I don't see what Ronda does. She gets you get the bump when she first comes back. You get the viewership bump. You get the news bump. Mm-hmm. I totally understand why you bring her back for a mania. Mm-hmm. I do not know why she's still here now. I don't think she adds anything to SummerSlam. I really don't. No. We've mm-hmm. had the bump and you, you have to use it sparingly. She's not Brock. That's the other thing. Yes. So, right. And, and I know we're going to talk about my second favorite wrestler, uh, Folklore Brock. Although now I do think we're in this Evermore era because it's like <laughs> the second surprise return uh, mm-hmm. that we didn't see coming, but we should have. Brock has credit, you know? Like Brock has precedents and history and yeah. he's mm-hmm. done this a million times and people know what they're getting they're tuning in to see him because they know they're going to get to see him like murder someone mm-hmm. go really red and then maybe he'll lose but shouldn't really because he could kill anyone as soon as look at them with ronda it's like what am i getting what is she what is she bringing she's yeah. a spiteful baby who's going to be like it's a stupid industry anyway they're not even really fighting fuck that not good for you because you can't ignore the money part of the business and yeah. part you of can. the way you make money is by is by not delegitimizing it every chance you get. It's not right? MMA. Exactly. We all know this. It's twenty twenty two. It was it it's been I mean, you could even start back to two thousand, maybe a little earlier. Like we know. It's we know this is predetermined, but 
part of your job is to make it feel like you care about it. And when you do that on television and then turn around and give an interview about how fake it is, like, I don't remember any Brock Lesnar interviews where he talks about how no. fake WWE is. And there, there's a guy who absolutely comes in and is booked to the moon and dominates and then leaves and then does not do well at football, but does great at MMA and proves mm-hmm. that he is just as like, it almost works the other way. You let other people say it's fake. And then you come in and yeah. win the, <laughs> win the UFC or MMA or whatever title, a UFC, right? Didn't he have the UFC championship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you win the UFC championship. And then you go back to re- like you, he, yeah. he has the, the credibility build up anywhere he goes to, to be dominant. And whether or not you get tired of him is, is irrelevant. He, he's exactly what you said, Lynn. He's earned the status, and he also doesn't talk smack about either uh, sport. No, exactly. Like, he treats yeah. both of them equally. He yeah. treats both sport with the same respect, which I mm-hmm. think is very, very, very fucking smart, whether he believes it or not. And, you know, he wouldn't keep coming back. He would, because he loves money. Um, <laughs> Money's pretty great. It, but he's also, like, he just gets it. And he's someone who gets it. And she doesn't get it. And I do think... That interview she did, like the way she approached it from the very beginning, saying like, oh, Becky's armbar isn't a real armbar. She wouldn't be able to hurt anyone. This is all so dumb. I can't believe they're making me fight this. I should just be chatting. I honestly just think that fundamentally discredited her from the very beginning. Right. So I, can't, mm-hmm. I just can't enjoy her. I cannot suspend my disbelief with her because she denied me that. She took that away from me. She essentially <laughs> called everybody who watches it stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And we oh are, but for like lots of different reasons. <laughs> We're willingly like, stupid. So many other reasons. Let me have my people in tiny panties oiled up with scripted fighting. Let me have it for Hold fuck's on. sake. Did you they've say... taken so much from me. Lindsay, did you say <laughs> Look what people... they've taken from us. People in tiny pants? Yes. Because the person who's who I would say relatively wears the tiniest pants, that being Keith Lee, is now uh, one half of the AW Tag Team oh, Champions, yes. along with Swerve Strickland. Woo, but meanwhile, you have FTR. They have, let me just run it down for you, Ring of Honor, IGWP, WGP. AAA. They yep. have the muscle. Uh, they have the old WCW Tag Championships. They're also the ECW Tag Champions. They're also <laughs> the Mid-Atlantic Tag Champions. And... <laughs> They have the Southwest Florida Tag Championships and plus a made-up Hearst Rent-A-Car Tag Championship they won in a rally. But that's nothing compared to their Euro Disney Tag Championships that they also have. Yeah. And I uh, understand they are competing at the Doncaster Dome this weekend as well for the uh, All South Yorkshire State Tag Championships. So that will be good. Yes. That will be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to win those as well. Uh, but yeah. they do not have the crown jewel. Of all of the tag titles, which now belong to Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Nor are they even the number one contenders or the number two contenders. I'm, I'm really very confused about how, how the contendership works. Regardless. But I am very pleased for Keith Lee and, and Swerve Strickland. You too. I'm really trying here. I swear I'm trying. You are trying and I respect I really it. like that was the the fifth thing that went through my head. That I, yeah. I'm really trying to. Look, I support whatever you watch and enjoy. I hope you're very happy uh, watching and enjoying it. I really like that match. I love, I really like that match. <laughs> of course. Like, the, the quality of work is, like, that's, has that ever been the question with AEW? The quality of no, work or the talent no, no. they have the, on their the roster? No, no, no. The issue has been, storylining has is, is been the, my most recurrent issue, um... As as a general production issue, obviously, I got other problems. What time was the women's bathroom break match this week? It was the same time. It was always the same time. Uh, but that, I just thought that in particular was such a fun match that having not watched AEW for a minute or mm-hmm. only having seen very isolated parts of AEW, I was like, fuck, this mm-hmm. is really good. But anytime I see something that makes me go, fuck, this is really good on AEW, it just makes me sad that I can't... <laughs> I literally cannot just sit down and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I I just I love I love those two. I love those two. And I think I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more later. But yeah, I fucking adored Orange Cassidy and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Just a stupid amount of fun. <laughs> I there's I, again like all of this, it's all there. All the ingredients are there. I don't even know if I, how much I want to go into this. I just so the AEW Women's Championship right now belongs to Thunder Rosa, mm. and I'm sitting here thinking about it, 
and I'm thinking like maybe Britt Baker is the only one who's had a really good championship run there, women's championship run in what three years, four years, eighteen years, eighteen years. If you, if you check it, if you actually check it, it was eighteen years. Yeah. Why? What the thing I'm trying to struggle with? Like, there's a difference between having talent and having personalities. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes talent is enough when there's a personality on the other end to to bring it up. Well, sometimes, like sometimes talent is enough if someone is booking your division well. As, right. You know, like that's also a big part of this. I'm not trying to say Thunder Rosa doesn't have any personality, but I'm saying that Britt Baker's, while well, they built up her grit and stuff and the, the bloody face and all, all those bleeding matches she had, feels like there were too many of them. Uh, one is too many, a thousand never enough. But... <laughs> It was really built on her personality. Hmm. So that's what propelled and made that belt important. I think Thunder Rose is being undercut. And now we are the thunderstorm, and we're ready to take anyone and anybody who's ready for this. Okay, that's enough. We've heard enough Thunder Rosa promo for the next decade. Guys, we're back. We tried. We tried to stay away as a role model. I wanted to give more of the other girls some spotlight, but let's face it, this place is a disaster without me. Because she's a babyface champion, and a babyface champion has to be a fighting champion, has to be out there saying that, that she'll take on any challenger. And then whether she does the open challenge, which I think is kind of has become overdone at this point. I think we're in a, like a, maybe it needs to come back a little bit later. Like there's still ways to, to book her. It is a booking issue, right? It's a booking issue. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's a booking I, issue. Thunder's fantastically talented. Thunder is fantastically talented. Um, if you watch her vlog at all, I, I know a vlog is a completely different thing. Shut up, pal. Um, but uh, what I'm saying, she's very comfortable on camera. And I know it's a different thing to being on TV. Right. But she's, but it is also helpful, like talking into a camera all day and just, you know, and she's around on the other AEW, mm-hmm. you know, rostered blogs, like vlogs. She's not someone who doesn't know how to talk. She's been doing this for time. She's very confident. She's very comfortable. And the way she's being booked just breaks my heart. And if you're gonna behave like this and book it like this, then just take it off her. And that's what I don't understand at this point is why she still has it. Because I really thought they were gonna put it on Tony. That made sense mm. to me. It was like, you know, Brit had a good long run, so Thunder's run was probably gonna be shorter anyway. That that makes sense, you know, from a, a rhythm, there's a rhythm and a pacing to wrestling storytelling that has to be uh, to make it feel important to keep it moving around. But yeah, I just don't know. And then I I did see the Thunder Rosa Tony tag team match with um was it Marina Shafir and Nia? Was it Nyla? Because Nyla was barely in the match. They basically just beat up on Marina Shafir for the whole thing. And like someone in the back just got a boner for having a tag team called Thunderstorm. And now they're just stuck there. So I was like, oh, I just fully expected them to take the belt off Thunder Rosa so they could put her in a tag team and call it Thunderstorm and put it on T-shirts. Because I'm like, that is good. Uh, but good. Ne- neither of them should be in a tag team unless there's a real tag team division or you're going to do intergender. I just, I want more for them. I don't know how many times we can say it. I don't want to bring us down. I want more for everyone involved. And I've seen so many people saying, but it's going to be amazing when Mercedes gets there. And I want to be like, Mercedes, run run because we said it was going to be amazing when ruby got there and we said it was going to be amazing when tony got there and we've said it's going to be amazing when people get there loads of times and it has yet to be get amazing i would love for nyla to get another run with the title she's just so yes funny and she has such a great personality and you don't get to see enough of it you didn't get to see enough of it when she had the belt no um i would love for her to have a nice little run with it before whatever happens next happens next. Can I but, tell yeah. you another hot take? It's not a hot take. I don't even think this is a warm take. This take has been on the shelf for a long time. <laughs> she should have been the first AEW women's champion. Yeah. yeah. 100% And I love have. Rio. I think Rio is fucking mm-hmm. great. But um, yes, that was the Rio thing now when you look back on it. Like it was paying lip service to the idea that they were going to push Joshi wrestling and that it was uh-huh. going to be a big part of it. Uh, and it's not, is it? Do you remember when they said that? Remember when they said they were going to bring over all these women from Japan and it was going to be such a huge part of it? And then they were like, no, it's a pandemic. And we're like, no, it isn't. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> Nyla's still there. Nyla, Nyla can do whatever the fuck she wants, go wherever the fuck she wants and be a fucking star. So. Yes. 
Whatever happens things. over at the other company, whoever ends up finally landing the death blow on the old man on the um, PG-14 show when he, when he takes the beatings, I really hope whoever takes over is just like, you know, we should get in here. Because I do feel like Nyla could go the full Cody over in WWE. And that's not oh, me shitting on AEW. That's me saying I think that structure would be better for her. I do want to go back and say I'm glad that Keith Lee and sort of Strickland won those belts because I'm, number one, happy yes. they're not on the Bucks anymore because Bucks are not my flavor of ice cream. But also, I think that AEW... Not your Rhea Ripple? Not my Rhea... Yeah, Rhea Ripple is my favorite flavor of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Danielle. <laughs> I think that AEW handles their tag division much better. Yeah. They have a much stronger mm. tag division, so it's fun they to see that it. flourish. They they clearly care about it. Love to see it develop. Tons of talent there. So it's it's nice to see somebody else get a turn. I hope they get a, a better run and get a good story out of I hope they get a good story out of the run. I'll just put it that way. I don't care how yeah. long the run is. That's that's irrelevant. I yeah. hope there's a good story to the run. That I satisfying. Would love, I would love to see uh Keith Lee Strip and Swerve versus FTR. And I know that's like oh, what we're getting at, but like I think that could be an amazing story. Plus, I'm gonna say this has been Sometimes we say that like when folks go away and then come back or they switch companies, like sometimes it takes them a while to kind of find themselves and kind of click in. And this match was like, there's my Keith Lee. Yeah. Like he felt, mm-hmm. he felt like Keith Lee, like big athletic ass, like fucking spry Keith Lee. Like that, he felt like my boy, you know? Right. If you have any thoughts on everything that's been happening in wrestling, you can talk to us about it in our Facebook group. Plus, you can hear more about what we thought about wrestling on our Twitter pages. Find links to those in our show notes. When we come back, his name is Paul Heyman, and he is our main event. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Lindsay, can you tell... Yes, thank you. I (laughs) would... I'm not talking to my hand here. I, my hand's name is, is Willoughby. Can you tell us what your diet consisted of when you were in England? Surely can, Hal. It was a healthy diet of Soylent squares for the writer on the go. And is your favorite still the squares of the peanut butter variety? It most certainly is, Danielle. It most certainly is. What do you love about them? <laughs> Genuinely tasty. Uh, and I did back this up with photographic evidence uh, of me eating the squares while I was there because so many people have said, are, are you shitting me? And I'm like, no, I fucking love them. Just, I only took a carry-on. I took a tiny suitcase with me because of travel nightmares. If you are traveling this summer and expecting travel nightmares, A, you should be, and B, pack those Soylent bars. They were just amazing. I had I ate them in the airport because they're easy to get and airport food is so expensive and oh it God. sucks all the time. It sucks. Yep. So I ate my little snack on the on the airport i ate one on the plane uh when i landed in england i was jet lagged out of my mind and i just could not face the idea of going out to get food i ate me a little soylent square i made a coffee in the room and i ate a little soylent square i ate so many for breakfasts because i just had to eat something before i went out on my day Mm -hmm. um i know i said that i loved them last time but this time because i was so worried about all the travel nonsense they were lifesavers. Soylent allows you to make a healthy choice when you want something to eat and when you need something to eat. Your body needs fuel. You can't not eat. And whether you want the squares or some shakes like the complete meal or the complete protein, Soylent has you covered. And they will deliver food full of natural and tasty ingredients right to your front door. No more drive throughs no more cleanup, which that's for me. Um, no more unhealthy snacks when you need use a food fix. Mm-hmm. And what's better than tasty food? Tasty food at a great discount. So go to Soylent.com for forward slash tights and use promo tights to get 20% off your first order. That is Soylent.com forward slash tights and promo code T-I-G-H-T-S for 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. Like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you two can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun. Or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is a judgment-free show. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Bites. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by... Uh, Garfield, Danielle Radford. And? <laughs> Lindsay Kellogg. <laughs> also loves Garfield. Now it's time to dig into that lasagna pan and give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. Pull out your bean-filled whack bonks, because this is our main event. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Holy shit! I love Kate! On a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? Oh, for the love of well our lady. Well played, Julian. Yeah, it just did. Uh, this week just... did need more screaming. This week no. did need more screaming. Scream. Thank you. Paul Heyman has been the peak of promos as an advocate, a manager, and special counsel for WWE's biggest stars. We are approaching 700 days of Roman Reigns as the champion. And Brock Lesnar, this is one streak you will not conquer. Now that he's once again caught between his two most famous collaborations of all time, the Lesnar Reigns Part 20, we're going to take a look at Heyman's career and legacy and wrestling so far. He's like this story of this hustler who's in... Studio 54, taking pictures and, and telling people he's a journalist and sort of hustling his way into the industry to being a manager in the period of time where every manager had to have an object that they held, whether it was a tennis racket or a megaphone. His was a giant brick cell phone that he carried with him. Um, if you are not aware, he was an early manager of stunning Steve Austin and, and Brian Pillman when they were the Hollywood Blondes. He was a manager for that. He's managed, uh, like, a, he touched the careers of a ton of people way before he was Mr. ECW. Yes. I can keep talking. I have no problem with that. Then he takes over Eastern Championship Wrestling and turns it into Extreme Championship Wrestling, one of the most beloved defunct promotions. And watching him, watching him, like he's just the king of working people. Everything (laughs) is a work. He's working the wrestlers. He's working the wrestlers. They're not getting paid uh, on time. But then when you hear him, they are getting paid on time. He winds up selling it for, I think, a million dollars to Vince McMahon, buys it from him, and and basically gets the tape library. He comes over. He's working with different talent. But just, like, th- there are so many different seasons to Paul Heyman's career, both both in front of the camera and behind the scenes as someone who runs a brand or is a head writer and creative clashes that you hear about. It's hard to sort of encapsulate it's hard to encapsulate who he is because of how many things, different things he's done. But also at the same time, it seems really simple, doesn't it, Lindsay? Yeah, it's wild. He, Like you say, he has so many strings to his bow and I think strings we don't even know about. I mean, like he also owns and runs a marketing company, right? And like mm-hmm. it does wild stuff that's actually not wrestling related. But to have had the longevity that he has had in his career and to come up the way that he did, like you say, like, I, I mean, I remember when the WWE documentary came out when it was sort of peak punk. Uh, Heyman and learning all the stories about the, the photography and Studio 54 and all that cool stuff. I'm like, oh my god, he's possibly the coolest guy. Like, maybe he's the coolest person ever because he wasn't born into this. Like, he scammed his way in, so mm-hmm. he is, you know, not second generation, but it is like wrestling down to the bone. He blows me away every time because I know mean, we say this too much and it's overused, but Paul Heyman, I don't, I feel like even when he does, Paul Heyman does not miss. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever wrong i think sometimes his his storylines or the talent he's been given to work with hasn't hasn't worked perfectly but i think his side of it has always been just stellar just exceptional and i am thinking about when he was working with cesaro and i just feel like they should have just let him keep doing that and curtis axel i fucking love that i mean i don't care about that but yes like cesaro (laughs) was like when curtis axel came on screen a couple of weeks ago in a suit and i was like that guy's still there uh i was very confused (laughs) danielle what are your overall thoughts on Heyman? you know we're sitting here talking about sort of the overall arc we'll we'll dig more into stuff but what what stands out to you about him like he was built for this business you know um but whether it's being able to 
know how to book, whether it's being able to talk on the mic, to hype up talent, having an eye for talent. You know, there's a reason why people are very proud about being Paul Heyman guys, because like he knows what's good when he sees it. And it's just so rare for someone to be able to like hit all of these different, like all like four corners. Uh, Like if he could wrestle, he would be like the perfect like that that's literally the only thing in wrestling that he can't do is the wrestling part but if he could do that he would have been unstoppable truly yeah i really loved him as a commentator you know Same. they when when i i don't know how many people remember this time when when jerry lawler did, left the company because they had gotten rid of his wife at the time the cat yes well it was her 19th birthday she was excited she <laughs> um didn't she show a titty she did. Just one. Absolutely. No, Just both. One. <laughs> Just oh. one. T- <laughs> no, this, they were TV, PG-14. They were TV uh, 17 at the time. You could show yeah. two titties and three balls if you have them. <laughs> or you could disguise the tip as – never mind. Uh, <laughs> but he came in – Heyman came in as the replacement on color commentary with Jim Ross, and they were a really good pair. Where there's chaos, JR, there is opportunity. And tonight, just like TNN threw off ECW for the WWF, the king is gone, and in his chair is Paul E. And the E is for extreme. Heyman understands how to sell. Like, that oh is his God. number yeah. one skill. No is one how sells like to Batman. Sell. He is, an, uh, yes, a brilliant Imagine salesman. if he came to your door with a set of encyclopedias. You oh would, God. like, have to exchange every brick in your house for a fucking book by the time he was done. Because it would be like, you know, you make a good argument, sir. Please please load up the yeah. truck. Please <sighs> empty it out on the backyard. I'll take them all. Now, speaking of Rodan and Fields, yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> he probably... We would probably actually find out that it's an anagram for Paul Heyman somehow. And he's actually <laughs> behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not be shocked. I always loved his uh, his one second away every time somebody kicked out at two. That was mm. his. That was I feel like a, a signature of his commentary. But he was great at that. Then he becomes the advocate for Brock Lesnar, which helps make Brock's career. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Brock is he he's an imposing figure. There's a lot to him without having a mouthpiece. But Paul Heyman, you can't separate the two from one another. Like it's totally. impossible. They will be tied together forever above above anyone else he has ever been with. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. And I am here tonight as the representative for Brock Lesnar. Well, would we have even gotten the magic of folklore Brock? that we have now <laughs> if we hadn't had Heyman all these years. I mean, that was the thing, right? When Brock started talking and we were like, who is this guy? He's mm-hmm. fucking great. Because mm-hmm. we Paul's always talked over him or for him, but it's like now it's like, well, but this is genius that it's that they've held onto this. This is, again, long-term booking. Like long-term maybe he's booking. always been capable of this and we didn't know, or maybe this is a new skill that he wants to try out. But this Mm -hmm. all comes from his collaboration with Paul Heyman. Like, you can't stand beside Paul Heyman and not take it in. You know, like, even if Brock was a brick, a brick is still permeable. You're still taking some of it in. And if he's a sponge, he's had years of listening to that man. Fucking just the best talker in the business talking all over him. Of course, some Mm -hmm. of it's sunk in. It's magical. Mm -hmm. They are my favorite collaboration. Yeah, and especially now that we are getting into um, his red Heyman's version as he gets ready to fight, uh, (laughs) as he gets ready uh, to fight Roman Reigns one more time just to get his scarf back. Now that we like (laughs) are back into this era with them, because even back when Joe the Samoan was not working for us for many different reasons, Mm -hmm. we would say over and over again, can he just please only fight people where... Heyman is working with them because he makes it feel important and he made him feel important. So I love that he's kind of at the center of this like violent love triangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, also that's my favorite thing. What, what was the real like signifier that Roman Reigns was a heel? It's that Paul Heyman is by his side. 
like that was the like they that was the that reveal was a big deal but i love like in wwe he had three main relationships you have brock lesnar you have cm punk you have Mm -hmm. roman reigns Mm -hmm. and the relationship that he has with each of them is different so brock he's like the hired gun he's like the the money guy business arrangement who comes in and and pumps him up with cm punk it was like a partnership of equals and with roman reigns he's 100 percent subservient to him yes and it's so fun to watch him to watch it do the yes my tribal chief here my tribal chief oh my god all you were the head of the table like so good all all the stuff they do when they show them at like dark that's why i love i kind of miss like live shows like like live mm-hmm. non-televised events because mm-hmm. stuff is so fun and then obviously it's fun when they go to commercial because they're doing like fun silly stuff and it's fun after the matches and like that bit they have where Paul Heyman gets upset at like a kid or something for saying something and he gets and like Roman has to like calm him down and like yeah. hold him and like be oh. his best friend as he's trying to like do because he can do the physical comedy stuff well yes he, he can definitely like do that stuff um it's just so delightful you can tell that Heyman has so much fun and he still loves this business like crazy, which is wild considering what this business has put him through. He still loves this business so much. He's having such a great time. Again, with that that very adorable TikTok with the kids where they were doing the tribal chief entrance and like he's watching it and he's like, we should sue them. Like you he's can so just good. see how he's so, good. He's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the thing that works for me about this storyline right now, and I know there are plenty of people who are saying like, are you fucking kidding me, Roman and Brock again? And I agree with that. But the way it works for me and why it works for me is this is not Roman and Brock again. For me, this is Brock and Paul Heyman again with some Roman on the side. Because if you look at it from the love triangle perspective, it's not that Brock and Roman are the exes here. It's that Brock and Paul are the exes and Roman's right. the new guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as much as I love a Taylor Swift analogy, I'm like, you could go exile with this. You know, <laughs> you could go fully exile where you've got Brock Lesnar as Bonnevere and Paul Haven as Taylor Swift. And she's like, yeah, I am standing with the new guy. What are you going to do? Like, we've got that. But uh, to follow uh, Danielle's fantastic storyline, I think we just go fully all too well on this. We yeah, fully, this fully all, all too, too well. well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Heyman's the, version. the yes. belt is the scarf. Uh, <laughs> Brock is Taylor. Like, Paul's moved on, you know. And uh, <laughs> isn't it funny that his new his new love is the same age as she was when they met? Like, isn't that <laughs> funny? When you just said, if only we were the same age, Brock, things could have been different. <sighs> and now he's crying in a bathroom. With Anne Hathaway asking him what's wrong, uh, I just I, it. That's why it works for me because I don't. I, I actually don't care about the Roman of it, and I know that's weird. But like, the Roman of it to me is not interesting. I just want to see Brock and Paul go at each other with Brock's new Mike talents. Oh my God, he's gotten mm-hmm. so good, and you know that's one hundred percent exactly right. That's one hundred percent from his time working with him. Yeah, I just want to see that, yeah. um, which is why I'm okay with it, and also I suspect. like ever the optimist we won't have to see it too many more times uh, at least in the immediate future SummerSlam feels like it's a whole bunch of band-aids being slapped on to hold to staunch a wound Mm -hmm. uh, and to get us through and if you think about the state of the cool for the summer indeed right like (laughs) uh, you don't have to tell your friends (laughs) like you don't have to tell anyone says Demi it's just between us, says Vince. If you, I mean, look at, but yeah, what's happening behind the scenes in the company and look at what's happening out, outside in the business. Everything just feels a little bit panicky. Um, you know, Rhea's injured. We don't fully know what the scope of that is. Cody is mm-hmm. obviously out for time. Yep. Everything is like, fuck, what do we do? Panic stations. And for a panic station situation, this does not upset me at all because... I do feel like it's a new Brock. And so to me, for everyone who's like, I'm fucking sick of this, I'm bored of this, I'm kind of not. Because this feels like the first time I've loved Brock. Right. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And the Heyman of it only ever makes things better for me. And you know they're going to get back together at some point. You know they're going to get back together one day. Yeah, this is not a uh, this is not a um, uh, kid from Twilight situation. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> like it's just not. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's a Taylor Lautner in this situation, it's it's Roman, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. It's no Joe Alwyn. 
He's not Joe Alwyn. He thinks he's Joe Alwyn, but he's not Joe Alwyn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Welcome to Taylor and Fights, guys. <laughs> Before we turn to the Nation of Conversation of Thoughts, I want to touch briefly on his work as a creative. Not only in what he did in ECW, where it seems like everybody who was popular or became popular mm-hmm. in WWE from like 1996 to mm-hmm. 98 or 99 had passed through ECW on their way mm-hmm. out of WCW, where they really worked and developed you know, you have Mick Foley and the Kane Dewey promo and really figuring stuff out. Stone Cold figuring himself out a little more before he went to WWF. And it took a while. It's not like he came in as Stone Cold. But, you know, the the amount of massive talent that he had passed through ECW is incredible. But also, he's responsible for one of the best eras of SmackDown, which is the SmackDown 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those and these, those three teams fighting over the tag championships, at, which didn't get old and had... Six super talented people and someone who cared about them at the helm. But but my favorite story about Heyman as a creative is him talking about how to get over a headlock. He's like, I know how you get over a headlock. You have uh, you have Mark Henry in in the elimination chamber, and he just taps everybody out using a headlock. Like he just immediately puts them in a headlock, and they tap out immediately, and that move will be over. Like he mm. knew how to do it with that guy specifically. How to and you know, nobody listens to that. He, not like everybody listened to him. But they have done versions of that where somebody runs mm-hmm. through an entire elimination yeah. chamber. And it's impressive when they do it. And they can do it quickly. Uh, especially since the elimination chamber still remains the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. You just take all of your people. You put them in a Tupperware container. And right. then like. Refreshments. Just like let them out one by. It's the stupidest mm-hmm. fucking thing. I only, so like I only like it when the doors fail. I only like it when the doors fail. Or the wrong That's person the gets released. That's the only good part. That's, oh, when the door just breaks. And then they're like. What am I supposed to. Should I get out? What, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. I love that. There aren't a lot of good um, ones. That's but no, he's, his, his just influence and his talent it just it does exceed what we even realize like look at the brutality in AEW we talk about this a lot about the blood and the violence in AEW and the way that it veers into that but that's a direct line back to ECW like you can draw Mm. a line straight back to like Heyman popularizing and legitimizing that very very hardcore style that obviously was always on the indies and always running around but he was the one that was like no let's put this front and center let's like Let's have people kill each other. Let's have people, let's let New Jack do a thing. You know, like there could be an 18 part series on Paul Heyman. And I know that we could go forever, but you know, get you a man who can move you to tears with one look at Brock Lesnar. Also Mm. tell New Jack that, yeah, you can push that guy off that scaffold. And then also when I interviewed him at WrestleMania, cut a promo on me for like seven straight minutes without taking a breath about why I should put Brock Lesnar on the cover of Glamour magazine. And why he his suit was so stunning because it was from Tom Ford. Like it, he just did not stop. Like he just went for like seven straight minutes. <laughs> do you and still I, have and that then, recording? I, I think love- I do. I think I do. It was so beautiful because I had just said to him like I'm here for Glamour magazine. I'm writing about why people should watch wrestling if they don't currently. And he was like, "You're for Glamour magazine. Let me tell you, you should be on Glamour magazine. Brock Lesnar should be the cover of Glamour magazine. And let me tell you why." And it was like improv. It was like someone had said to him like wrestling Glamour magazine. Go. <laughs> We asked the Nation of Conversation for their thoughts on Paulie, and as always, you did not disappoint. Mark on Facebook said, It still amazes me sometimes how long he's been in the business. He was in WCW, and Mark Calloway was still mean Mark. He'll probably be managing someone 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Sean on Facebook says, Sure, Paul has obviously gone through some changes, but as a promo worker slash manager, he's been so solid and consistent throughout his whole career, and it's a wonder to behold. Finally, Allison on Facebook says, In business school, I used to watch his promos and incorporate some of his argumentation techniques into the way I wrote my pitches. I won a bunch of competitions with my Paul Heyman toolbox. That's dope. If you've got more to say about Paul Heyman and his career, go to our Facebook group via the links in the show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling that we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... 
So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Daniel Redford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. I would like to preface this by saying salute to one Mr. R-Truth, and thank you for this. Watch my three count! Yes. I think it works so well. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I like it. Danielle, what would you like to put over? So I am putting over, uh, we talked a little bit about Keith Lee. So Keith Lee has been having um, some family stuff and I, I, someone took it down. I don't know if you could probably find it back up somewhere, but after the match, not on TV, um, I believe, uh, don't trust my memory. Um, he gave a, a great speech where he talked about how grateful he was that this happened and like so, kind of some of the stuff that he's been going through. The fact is, I didn't care if we won or lost. The fact is, this is a brotherhood, and I'm devoting my everything to that. So, Lucellus King, this is more than just a victory for me. This is more than just a victory for our story. This, sir, is a victory for you and a statement of my goddamn love. I will always be there. Always. I want the world for that man. I need them. I mean, I'm happy that he has the tag titles i need them to lose those titles to ftr i need him with the big belt is what i need it's amazing like he's he's got that like ability to be both relatable and also like you're listening to your favorite professor um (laughs) like and like he does both at the same time i got teary-eyed which granted as i say i cried everything so you can't fucking trust me it was great and it's very moving and i fucking love keith lee i love it is, is there anything else you want to put over or are you um, putting this over, Lindsay? Are you putting okay, it over? I, I, I am. Uh, I'll put it over gonna, as a bonus. If not, yeah, I'm not putting it over. So you okay, can put it go over. ahead, Lindsay. Uh, I am gonna. I so I really struggled as to whether or not I wanted to put it over, but um, G1 season is upon us. Yes, and, it is. Like. That's my thing. So I felt obliged. Um, I have very conflicting feelings about New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. As we know, my Elvin Prince will not be taking part in the G1. You know, it may have ended his career last year. So, you know, also he's not fit to do it. But fuck New Japan for the way they treated uh, Ubutan, uh, my beloved Kota Ibushi. But G1 is back. There are four blocks this year, if you're familiar with it. Um, the last few years, we've had the two blocks. We've had A block and B block. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back to four blocks this year, which makes things a little bit more interesting, mixes things up a little bit more. The theory being that it will make it less obvious as to who the winner will be. Because mm. uh, the way the point system works, the ranking really from about halfway through, you you can point towards your final two. So this way it points towards a final four and then they will have a semi-final and then a final. Uh, we'll see. There's some interesting uh, names in there. Obviously, Okada is, is your big boy in there. Uh, but we've got Jonah in there, which is great. Lance Archer is in there for AEW, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Jay White, obviously. I feel like it's not going to be my favorite G1 of all time. But... Uh, also, that's a lot to do with the fact that I'm dead mad at New Japan for being extraordinarily disrespectful to Kota Ibushi. Because, you know, when people show you who they are, right? We know that. Mm-hmm. But still, G1 season. Yay. <laughs> Plus, what's his name? Got a beard. Love that. So blonde. Yeah, it's an evil beard. Uh, speaking of heels who have a, maybe a little bit of facial hair, I don't think he has any right now. Happy Corbin. Maybe a little scruff. Yeah, Happy Corbin's got some scruff. He's embroiled in a feud with Pat McAfee, who was being tended to after being injured the previous week. So on SmackDown, Happy Corbin stepped in for the Shinsuke uh, Nakamura Ludwig Kaiser match. And this was his reaction to Shinsuke's theme music, which is a fun send up of Pat McAfee. Yeah! Ah! Ah! This is way better than what McAfee does. Yeah! Let's go! Shred. You, me, get up here! Me. Let's oh go! Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh, really? Yeah! Let's no. go! 
bunch of damn fools. Oh, what a piece so. of shit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so great. I also I have something something else in the form of a song that I think we need to have a little mini discussion about. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oompa loompa doopity doo. I've got another riddle for you. Oompa loompa doopity dee. If you are smart, you'll listen to me. What do you do when your wife's into Q? And Jesse Ventura's a podcast guest too. This happens. I want the Republican Party to tell Governor Jesse Ventura they are apologizing and are sorry that a Confederate flag got carried through his national capital. Right. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I don't think it'll ever be done, Chris. I'd hate to admit something, but I'll try to word this as best I can. If I would have been security that day, the dude with the flag, I often wonder if he'd be breathing today. Mm -hmm. Get my message? Yeah, sure, of course. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking. All right. <laughs> I wanted to be like, well, my wife's right here and she can apologize to you. Since the start of this, uh, since the start of this podcast, we've discussed talk is Jericho and the weird audio shift that happens. He's, he's often in like, in like a trash can or a wind tunnel somewhere interviewing someone. And then we cut to this clean studio where it feels like he's telling the guests to hold out. He's like, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first I want to tell you about Jersey teas. He doesn't even do that here. We, mm-hmm. we, there's nothing you can do. You can't say, Oh, Oh, we're going to talk about sedition in just a second. But first <laughs> manscaped <laughs> is a great way to clean up your crotch from all the hair. Like it's just, I, it, you know, I just Ventura and I may not agree on everything, but I feel like there are some things we agree on and his, he nobody nobody knows how to put it. You can tell why he was a governor. The dude knows how to talk, and the dude is very clear about how he feels. He's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, and I just uh, <laughs> I I'm I am sure if if one were to ask Chris Jericho that he would probably say oh, I didn't uh, I didn't uh, have any opinion on it. I was just listening. But you got to be. I know that pit in the stomach. I know yeah. that pit in the stomach. You and can it had to see be there. his face while you're listening to the podcast. You uh-huh. can see his face because we've all been there. We Reddening. all know how that feels when it's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> this is going in a direction. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jesse. I might make that my ringtone for like a hot minute. Just to, <laughs> just, just Jericho being like, oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Like I just that bit. I just want that bit. Maybe a text tone. Just so they're like, mm, sure. Yep. <laughs> Oh, anyway, what a moment! What a uh, moment in podcasting history. Just, so it's, you know, that does it for this episode of Tights. Of I don't know what else we can say. What else can we say about it? Is there anything <laughs> else nothing, to say? Nothing. Blue Chew ad? No. Okay. That does. <laughs> we're gonna get him. We're getting him someday. <laughs> we gotta get. I, at some point, Blue Chew, we're right here. We're right Am here. I, we're happy to talk. We're happy to pitch. A tent and your product. That does it for this episode <laughs> of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. You can follow me at Hal Lublin on, on the socials to know all the things that I'm up to, because I'll talk about them. And I'll also tell you that I, when I creep silently, I look like Fred Sanford just walking across the room, <laughs> something I discovered this week. That's, these are the nuggets people are missing out on if they're not following me on social media. Really, like, I get, like, a full – it's very weird – Anyway, Why were Danielle, you creeping? I, I, that's the part I don't understand. Because I, it's if I don't want to wake anybody up. I don't want to wake oh. up my wife, and our floors are a little creaky here. Oh, okay. So it was sweet of, like, creaking. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's sweet. Consider it creaky. I'm not. I'm not just trying out different ways to sneak to see what feels good. <laughs> I just imagined you'd sing in TLC and just creeping around the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's workshopping it. Yeah, he's workshopping he's like, it. Creep. Oh, uh, creep. Uh, Yep, I'll stop now. But yeah, never. Danielle, please tell everybody. Tell them. Uh, Let them know. 
Yeah, you can find me on the socials as well. You know, watch the Honest Trailers because I like making them. For folks who know um, that I write things uh, as well, Oni Press is going through some stuff right now. And there are a lot of very talented people who are no longer working. If you are someone who listens to this, who has the ability to find those people and give them jobs, please do so. They are lovely. Lindsay? Uh, yeah, I am just doing the stuff I always do. Would you believe it? Uh, books. Yeah. It's books. Yeah. So uh, at Lindsay Kelk on mostly Twitter and Instagram. There's a Facebook. I like like to pop in and, and, and tap that heart icon, but I'm not there a whole bunch. Uh, but Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Smash that heart. Bring, press the bell to subscribe. And you're TikToking. Um, I am on TikTok. I'm on it. Let's say that. Let's say I'm on it. Uh, but I'm very much an old lady that will like make a reel then post it to TikTok instead of the other way around because I'm too old to learn to use TikTok. It makes me tired, Hal. It's so hard. I wanted to upload a sound hey. and it took so long. It's not worth it anymore. It's, um, it's okay. You know, I, but I I'm there. I'm, uh, yeah, look, I'm just supporting you. I'm just letting people know there's another. I appreciate you it, You can do Hal, it however it works for you. 30,000 views on a video, on a reel on Instagram. And then I got like 14 14, yeah, one right. four on TikTok. So I'm like, yes. suck my dick, TikTok. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> sponsoring us next week, TikTok. Uh, but yes, <laughs> at Lindsay Kelk everywhere. And you can find out about all the books um, by checking out my social media. The Christmas Wish is out in November. On a Night Like This is out now. Just lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. <laughs> stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Our producer is I Hate Pundays, Julian Burrell. And I bet you you have a warm relationship with Liz the Veterinarian. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all of the Max Fun members that keep this show going. And hey, keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. You didn't dream it. It's real, and you can own it. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported